I'm Bill DeVille. Welcome to the all-new Music Heads. We thought we'd try something a little different. We gave the show a makeover. It's now more of a magazine format. Let us know what you think. Email me at bdeville.npr.org. In this installment of the new Music Heads, we'll have a chat with Eric Applewick of the band Tapes and Tapes about what he's been listening to in our guest list feature. Mary Lucia will talk about one of her all-time favorites in our Essentials segment. Co-music director Melanie Walker will pay us a visit to chat with us about one of the next big hip-hop acts to break onto the scene. We'll run the numbers with the Current's evening host Mark Wheat in our Charts Breakouts feature, and we'll discuss one of the hottest new acts to emerge from Brooklyn's indie music scene. But now, it's time for the Music Cast. This is Music Heads, music news for music lovers. Time for the Music Cast with morning show co-host Jill Riley. Jill, what's going on in the world of music these days? Well, Bill, the Pitchfork Music Festival, organized by Pitchfork Media, is happening this week. So this weekend, Friday to Sunday, in Union Park in Chicago. This year, the festival features um, oh, acts like Thurston Moore and Guided by Voices, Nico Case, Animal Collective. I've always wanted to see them live. James Blake, Fleet Foxes, TV on the Radio, and Super Chunk. And again, I'm just naming a few right there. Yeah, it's an incredible um, list this year. Yeah, and our own co-music director, David Safar, will be heading out there this weekend and we'll hopefully have some updates for us about what's going on there this weekend again more information about the festival just go to the current.org slash music heads nearly two years ago Oh, the great split of Oasis. <laughs> it's been that long? And yeah, the brother drama. It's been going on for years, but mm-hmm. uh, finally a couple of years ago, Oasis decided to call it quits. And since that time, uh, co-leader and principal songwriter Noel Gallagher has been kind of quiet, but brother Liam has started the new band BDI, which is right. basically a Noel-free version of Oasis. But just recently, Noel announced his own plans, um, not just one, but two new solo albums. The first of which is called Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, and uh, that's coming out November 8th. And I think he's got the material recorded for the second one already as well. Wow. Did you see that comment he had about his brother? He's like a fork in a world of soup. Noel on Liam. You know... That's like brother. That's true brotherly love, I think. I huh? think so. Well, <laughs> Liam usually has uh, something to say about Noel as well, but it's much. Um, I'd say the language is, is a little more colorful. Yeah, I think so. So uh, Noel just kept it short and sweet there. The Pixies. Here's another one that uh, I know I was like really excited when they were doing their Doolittle tour. Right. And uh, naturally, a lot of members of the, the press and the media were asking, hmm, if you guys are doing this tour, does that mean you're going to you know, record new material? Not a whole lot of comments on that question. They're continuing their tour, that 20th anniversary Doolittle tour, extending the tour by 19 additional U.S. dates starting in October. Um, and they're calling this portion the Lost Cities because they're, well, hitting cities they've never previously visited. And things must be going well on the road if they've extended the tour. Yeah, that's good news. Um, and as a result of the ongoing popularity and sold-out Doolittle shows... 
the band's also considering recording a new album. So maybe they just wanted to wait to see how things were going on the road before they like yeah. said anything like that. Finally, Justin Timberlake. So Justin Timberlake recently became uh, an owner of MySpace. My, which, what, what's MySpace? I know. So I was just going to ask you, <laughs> do you still have a MySpace account? I, I guess. Yeah, I don't think I, I've used it in three years. That's a question I can ask a lot of people. A lot of people hopped on over to Facebook. Mm-hmm. but uh, I never looked back. No. And <laughs> so MySpace, uh, the way they're kind of trying to revive it is to really make that a music destination. Which was, to me, what it always was to begin with. Yeah, I thought so, too. And mm-hmm. I still go to MySpace. Space to, to check to out, to music. yeah, sure. check out music, or um, you know, a lot of bands don't have regular websites these days. They yeah. just have a MySpace page. So Justin Timberlake's longtime manager Johnny Wright has said um, Timberlake is considering a talent contest as one way of reviving MySpace. Um, Justin Timberlake took an ownership stake in the declining social media site after the advertising network Specific Media bought the company for $35 million from News Corp last week. You know, I suspect it's going to be a big winner for Justin Timberlake. Has he ever done anything that's failed? We shall see. Will MySpace continue or grow? We'll, we'll see. I might have to, I don't know, I, I think I deleted my account. I'll have to go <laughs> check in. <laughs> it's lost in cyberspace somewhere, Jill. I'm bringing sexy back. Stick around, I'll be running the numbers with Mark Wheat coming up on the chart breakouts. But first, let's check out what's coming out in stores this week. There's new albums from Alkaline Trio and Kobe Calais. Casey Chambers has a new album, which is already certified gold in her native Australia. There's a new solo album from Eleanor Friedberger, best known as being half of Fiery Furnaces. Incubus has a new album as well as Washed Out, which is new on the Sub Pop label. And there's also a new album from Blondie. It's their first new studio album in eight years. And uh, Deborah Harry's now 66 years of age. Her ex, Chris Stein, is 61. It's nice to have Blondie back. And let's check out a brand new track from that uh, new album. This is called Mother, here on Music Hats. Heads Music News for Music Lovers. It's time to run the chart breakouts. I'm Bill DeVille, and I'm joined by Mark Wheat. So let's uh, run the numbers, Mark. How you doing? I know. I'm good. I'm into numerology, Bill, too. So uh, there's some exciting news for numerologists at the top of the charts this week. Yeah, as Beyonce's new album is atop the charts across the board with her number four album, it's followed by Adele, who sits at number two with her 21 album, oddly enough. (laughs) 
Right, her album called for is at one. Yeah, I know, it's confusing. <laughs> and Adele at 21 is at two. And I love it that Adele's 19 album has bounced back up on the charts as well. She's at number 34 uh, this week with uh, another 22,000 sales on her first album. So that's mm-hmm. good. And it will be interesting to see if she keeps this up. Will her next one be her age at what she is then? Did you see she sold out that show, by the way, at uh, XL? I know, XL Energy Center in a matter of minutes, which is awesome to see. First Avenue, uh, sold out, hottest ticket in town postponed moves to the bigger hall no problem yep <laughs> what's what's the size differential 10 times bigger <laughs> must be yeah that's crazy <laughs> all in right a good way jill scott's album is still at number five after a strong debut on the charts last week where she debuted at numero uno on the billboard album charts in more current oriented fair our guy boney Vare debuted last week at number two nationally was that impressive for a debut that was huge what? i'm really pleased to see him get such uh, coverage mainstream he's been on a couple of the tv shows and on the front cover of spin magazine and they did a great little video of him explaining uh, how he built his studio. So you can check that out on Spin's website this week. And the album falls to a respectable number 11 this week from Bon Iver. And it's number four in the Twin Cities market. And he sold out those shows in a heartbeat at the Orpheum Theater. And uh, Mumford & Sons is still at number 23 nationally, 14 locally. Florence and the Machine at 38 and 21. It's also been a big week for Gillian Welch. She released her first album in eight years, her Harrow and Harvest, and that debuted locally at uh, number 15. I know. Did you see that those guys, they literally took eight years because they weren't happy with enough songs to make an album. These guys are yeah. perfectionists. Have, yeah. you, have you heard? Is it awesome or what? It's pretty awesome. You know, it, it, those harmonies are, are almost, they're, they're so warm. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it, it almost reminds me of listening to like the Jayhawks. Play. And uh, the Seattle hip-hop artist Greaves has been doing well with his uh, Rhyme Sayers album Together Apart. That was number 28 locally this week. I know. Everything Rhyme Sayers touches turns to gold. Even lemons. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Coming up, we're going to check out who's poised to be the next big thing with the current's co-music director, Melanie Walker. But first, let's check out a track from Pitbull. Mark, are you familiar with the story of this guy? No, I'm not. I'm interested uh, about an artist who would take on a name that strikes me as being controversial right from the get-go. Yeah, it is a little bit controversial. It's one of those joint ventures which are so popular right now. He's joined by Neo, Afrojack, and Nayer on this track, Give Me Everything. was on the chart for 13 weeks and finally reached number one and now is down to number two. It's all from his album Planet Pit. So let's check it out here on Music Heads. This is Pitbull and his song, Give Me Everything. Time now for the next big thing. Melanie Walker's here. What you want to talk about today, Mel? I want to talk to you, Bill, about the next big thing to kind of emerge from the rap and hip-hop scene. It's this group from South Los Angeles called Odd Future. Mm-hmm. I'm an overachiever, so how about I start a team of leaders and pick up Stevie Wonder to be the wide receiver. Green paper, gold teeth, and pregnant gold retrievers. All I want, money, diamonds, and 
don't need them. But where the fat ones at? I got something to feed them. It's some cooking books. The black kids never wanted to read them. Snapback green chicks. Chia fucking leaves. It's been a couple months and Tina still ain't perma fucking weave. Damn. And they are a little bit odd. They're this huge collective led by this rapper producer named Tyler the Creator. And uh, Tyler says there's over like 60 members in the group, wow. which I know you and I were like, what? Is that even <laughs> possible? How do they even feed themselves, let alone make any money? I don't, I don't think food is a priority to these <laughs> guys. But um, it's it's led by this producer, Tyler the Creator, includes rappers Haji Beats, Earl Sweatshirt, Frank Ocean, Domino Genesis, Mike G. They've been covered all over the place by the New York Times, LA Weekly. They've been all over Pitchfork, which is a very big indie blog online. They've built this really notorious reputation for themselves, um, having really controversial, provocative music. So you think that's what created the buzz, is the, the controversy? I think them? it was a little bit the controversy. It's yeah. like, who are these kids? Who do they think they are? You know, they're, they're talking about stuff like, you know, serial killers and grotesque rape scenes wow. and growing up fatherless and bizarre are violence there. The videos that they make are really provocative and make you uncomfortable to watch. So it's definitely very street level. It's really out there. I have to be honest with you, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of all of their music, but they're making an impact and there seems to be a crowd that really loves them. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of fans, but they also have a lot of enemies. Uh, rapper B.O.B. released a, a diss song called No Future that's supposedly an, yeah. about them. Is it an East Coast, West Coast thing? I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe I'm not I'm not street enough to know. Yeah. I don't think. But and then Tyler, the creator, supposedly wrote a song back to Bob called Yonkers in response to his No Future song. I mean, it it's it's all a bunch of hype. But um, you know, that Tegan and Sarah are not fans of this group. They've twittered and blogged yeah. about how they think they're homophobic and they don't like the gay slurs they use in their music. And but didn't they have a, a lesbian DJ in, yeah, the, in the outfit their too? Yeah, their DJ, uh, Sid the Kid, is actually the only female in the group and she's lesbian. Hmm. So obviously they, they must not be homophobic. But I think they stir this controversial yeah, uh, like pot up you know, to get all this attention and all this hype. I mean, even Chris Brown had like a war over Twitter with uh, the group, which is really yeah. strange. But, um, but you know, they're going places. They're doing things. They're important for all of us music heads to keep tabs on these days. Well, thanks for dropping by, Melanie. Stay tuned. We've got the guest list coming up with Tapes and Tapes member Eric Applewick, who's going to share some of his favorite tunes with us. But first, let's check out a track. What do you got for us? Well, my favorite guy in the group is Frank Ocean. I mm -hmm. think he's got a fantastic voice. Uh, he's a great songwriter. And he put out this album recently that he gave away for free called Nostalgia Ultra that um, had some really beautiful tracks on it. One, most notably, that I liked that was all about his lack of a father figure in his life. It's a track called There Will Be Tears. There will be tears I've no doubt There may be smiles But a few will I can't be there with you, but I can dream. I can't be there with you, but I can dream. I can't be there with you, but I can dream. I can't be there with you, but I can dream. I can't be there with you, but I can dream. I can't be there with you, but I can dream. I can't be there with you, but I can dream. I can
This is Music Heads, music news for music lovers. Time for the guest list, where some of our favorite artists share with us some of the music that they've been listening to. This week, Eric Applewick of the band Tapes and Tapes has dropped by. So, Eric, what are you listening to these days? Uh, well, I, uh, I spend a lot of time recording, but when I get, yeah. get some time away from that, uh, I, for some reason, I don't know what it is about Broken Social Scene, I they, three of their records. I haven't mm-hmm. heard the, the ambient uh, first one that they came out with. I'm, I'm more about their pop songs anyway, right, I guess. Right. But, the, uh, the, their last three records, uh, and especially the second and third, the You Forgot It in People, mm-hmm. and the uh, the other one besides the Forgiveness Rock record. I can't... Is it self-titled? I think so, but yeah, I'm not quite so sure. Too. Yeah, I'm I think it is self-titled, yeah. But mm-hmm. I, 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 can't, I can't get those out of my iTunes regular rotation. What else have you been listening to besides besides Broken Social Scene? Uh, well, kind of one of my staples is uh, Buddy Miles, sort mm-hmm. of a, I don't know if I, if I could say little known. Um, uh, I suppose little known would probably, he's been kind of a cult artist, I, yeah. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. started off with uh, you know, playing with Jimi Hendrix yeah, and yeah. Band of Gypsies, and then later uh, put out a bunch of solo albums. I actually found one of his albums uh, in a house I lived in in college. There was mm-hmm. a garage that had an abandoned car in it that eventually we were just like, we need to see what's in this car. Yeah. And then we dug around in there, there was all these crates of albums that we kind of picked through. And, and wanted, you found a Buddy Miles album. I did, I did. Yeah. I found a Buddy Miles record, and it's called uh, uh, Message to the People, and it's this great psychedelic sort of like... Like flames coming out of his mouth and volcanoes and yeah. you know sort of lava naked women type of thing. It's like a, it's, I mean it's really seventies. Yeah, I imagine it's reasonably collectible as well, huh? Something uh, perhaps. like Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, all I know is every time I see one in a record store, I buy it, and it's usually like three or five dollars. So I yeah, don't know yeah. how valuable it is really. Um, but it's not available on iTunes, so I think it's probably a good thing to have. I mean, I'm pretty sure half the album is. Uh, uh, Almond Brothers covers, but uh, still, <laughs> I'm actually totally serious. It is, it is mostly Almond Brothers. He covers Brothers. the Almond Brothers. Yeah, kind of a bunch yeah. of them. Wholesale Love, mm-hmm. uh, Don't Keep Me Wondering, uh, Midnight Rider. It's, yeah, it's good. Uh, a good chunk of the album. Eric Applewick of the band Tapes and Tapes, thanks so much for dropping by. What do you want us to play from Buddy Miles? Uh, how about Wholesale Love? Wholesale Love. This is music from Buddy Miles, and thanks, Eric Applewick, for joining us. Thanks, Bill. Mm-hmm. This is Music Cats. This is Music Heads, music news for music lovers. For more info, go to thecurrent.org slash musicheads. Time now for a music meeting. Joining me today are morning show host Steve Seal and our in-the-studio host Jade. Welcome to Music Heads. Thank you, Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for having us. Okay, on the table today is the new album from Tune Yards. Tune Yards is a project spearheaded by New England native Meryl Garbus, who's also the producer. Tune Yards' first album was a self-released album by Garbus on recycled cassettes. It was recorded using only a handheld voice recorder. They've taken a step up for album number two, which is called Who Kill, which was released this past April. The album was recorded at Garbus's home base in Oakland, California. Who Kill is an exciting album full of bouncy beats. It's wildly experimental and shows hints of Afro 
Afropop dub and free jazz. First, Jade, what do you think of the album? I actually loved this. I mm -hmm. thought I was going to be sort of on the fence about it, but I think it wouldn't be the same album if it wasn't Meryl's actual voice. That right. voice is something so powerful. She can be gentle and soulful, almost like an R&B singer. And then she'll get into these forceful yelps and yells and screams. And I think without that organic, youthful, and I kept coming back to sort of a naive vocal <laughs> style, which is very just childlike and innocent. And I think that's the only way you're able to have those yelps and screams and put so much emotion into your singing when you just go back to a place where you have no no filter at all and i think that comes across so incredibly well in this album it is it's just real feelings and force going on you know she discusses violence love poverty all of these issues and i think it would sound sort of trite if mm -hmm. it didn't come across with that much feeling the song that i thought portrayed this the best uh, was one called gangsta it's got a ton of found sounds which is sort of old school Meryl, it's old school Tunyards, it was on the last album, a lot of that. And there's some sirens going on in this, and she actually uses a childhood recording of herself talking, which I think is a really nice touch, and it just pulls together really nicely. The album is called Who Kill? It's Tune Yards. Steve Seal, is the album working for you? Absolutely. Meryl Garbus is a genius. You think? I think she really mm -hmm. is. Uh, in the in the truest sense of that word, somebody who just has a natural ability, natural ear, completely unique voice. You know, because the the collage thing, you know, she she puts together these these collages in these songs that, that make a completely coherent whole every time that she does it. I mean, the the end result is always something musical. I, I, there are so many sound polyglots out there that put together collages. Some of them, like for every genius, a uh, backer, a Danger Mouse or a Brian Eno or something like that, there are a hundred obnoxious noisemakers, I think. And I actually think that she is up to... Uh, joining that pantheon. She is so musical and so original and, yeah. and so powerful. I love the fact that she's a complete geek, too, you know, that she's not, you know, a Florence Welch, but, <laughs> but she's just like a complete, she looks like an absolute 100% normal person, you know? I, I think I, I think she's adorable. Everything that she puts together, and her singing, too, is just absolutely key because she's she's an amazing vocalist. Mm -hmm. If Like you said, Jade, if it weren't for her singing, it just wouldn't be quite there. You know, it would be totally inventive uh, sort of uh, sound constructions and everything, but her singing is what puts it over the top. I, I thought that the song Business was really fascinating. She starts it off with this voice sample that's kind of like what Laurie Anderson does. I mean, she I, makes, I mentioned her as well yeah, in my notes. Here. I know. Yeah. It's like she, she puts this thing together, and it's like the notes, the way she assembles them, makes it sound like a steel drum kind of run. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, but then when you get into it, it sounds like Fela Kuti. It's like she does. She actually sings in like a Nigerian pidgin. In English yeah, yeah. kind of thing. And she does that on a, on a number of the songs. But then 
it also kind of sounds like the sort of early 80s Western world art rockers, you know, appropriate African music like Talking Heads, Indeed. that whole kind of thing. So, okay, so Vampire Weekend might have been mining this African thing for a while, but they still sound like Ivy League college kids. You know, she has this thing where she's totally like locking in on that Fela thing. Yeah. And it's what kind of crazy collision of styles is that? And it's totally original and totally works. And uh, I just think that uh, when you uh, put the things together, that she, the way that she does in lesser hands, it would just sound like a, a, a hot mess. But when, when she does it, 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 uh, it it's, it's so, uh, there's like a naivete to it, you know, that's just like, it's pure joy. And that's, she knows what she's doing. And, you know, this album was, was just kind of a nice adventure. I mean, you don't know what, what to expect from it. It, it, it has all kinds of fun twists and turns, and not every song works. You know, the the first single, You, Yes, You, I, I don't know, the, the what's that about, what's that about mm-hmm. part of the song. You kind of got to be in the right mood, right, right <laughs> frame of mind uh, to, to, to for that one to work for you. But, uh, you know, for the rest of the album, I thought it was a, was a nice listen through and through. Now that everything is going to be okay, now that everything is going to be all right, what if, baby, I cannot see the sound, what if, baby, I cannot hear the light? At heart, it's almost like she's not an avant-gardist. She's a romantic at heart. She's she's always committed to melody and songcraft. That's what's great about her. Well said. Jade, do anything else? Yeah, Jade? well, I was just going to say in that same way, she uses her voice as an instrument, and then she'll sing over it really, really beautifully. Exactly, yeah. 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 Steve, Jade, thanks for much dropping by for Music Ends. You betcha. Mm-hmm. Stick around for the sneak peek from Bjork. We'll have a brand new taste of a new track from her. And Mary Lucia will drop by and chat about one of her all-time favorites. And here's my favorite song from the album. It has kind of a nice slow, funky groove with hints of reggae and dub. It's right in my wheelhouse. I hear bands like uh, Givers and Dirty Projectors. This is called Pawa from Toon Yard's Who Kill album here on Music Ends. Oh, baby, bring me home to Listening to Music Heads, music news for music lovers. It's time for the essentials where we let you know what records are must haves for any Music Heads collection. Our afternoon host, Mary Lucia, is here to join us. Mary, what record do you want to talk about this week? I will tell you, DeVille, this has been one of my favorite records for years, and I can I have not gotten tired of it. I still listen to it. It's in my car. I've got a copy of T-Rex's The Slider. How did you discover this album, Mary? Okay, I've got a couple of older brothers and sisters, mm. and uh, I remember that my one idiot brother used to put his entire record collection, he leaned it against a radiator. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> and uh, But I remember looking at the cover of this record because it's really distinctive. It's this black and white photograph where he's wearing the top hat, and it just has the huge T-Rex oh, I, know, font. I know that cover so well. Yeah, and I just remember as a kid, for some reason, just staring at this thing and not even knowing what music that was on it, but thinking... 
I love this. I'm attracted to this. And then as I got older and really just started uh, exploring that whole like movement of glam rock and, mm-hmm. and the stuff that was coming out of the UK in the 70s, I, that's when I just fell in love with it. And, you know, T-Rex has influenced so many bands. You know, the first one that I think of, well, isn't even a new band at all. The Who, you know, they're mentioned yeah. in the song You Better You Bet. Yeah, hugely influential. And again, it was like big hooks, simple pop songs with absolutely banal lyrics. Yeah, and you know, the thing I always remember too about T-Rex is the groove was far more important than, than the guitar or the drum solo. Their songs were never the, you know, the uh, 12 minute songs with the drum solo in it. It was about the groove and yep. it was music that you could dance to. It was, and it was. like It, it was blues music, but with uh, just a sort of modern spin. Obviously the style of glam rock was so huge. And, and I think with Mark Bolin, who was so huge in the UK, and, uh, you know, he was a pop star mm-hmm. in the truest sense of the word. I mean, he wasn't fringy. He was yeah. very mainstream as far as being a huge star in his uh, own country. But, yeah, I think that for some reason, you know, you got the basic blues, the basic... I mean, again, they're not reinventing the wheel here at all, yeah. but it's still, it's just catchy as heck. Some of the songs, okay, that absolutely I can listen to again and sound so fresh. Metal Guru, Rock On, mm-hmm. Baby Boomerang, Telegram Sam, and then, of course, Rabbit Fighter. That's the thing about Mark Bolin. He... <laughs> I gotta say, I'm not a big fan of wizards and unicorns, and that was sort of the whole (laughs) crux of most of his lyrics, but it's like, he can make an expression like, babe, I'm gonna rabbit fight all over you, sound incredibly sexy, and I don't know what the hell it actually means. (laughs) Mary, thanks for dropping by. What what other song, what song would you like us to play? I really want to play the uh, title track because it is just one of the sexiest tunes, so let's listen to the slider. And here it is on Music Heads. Understand the wind at all was like a ball of love. I could never, never see the cosmic sea was like a bumblebee. And when I It's been Music Heads from 89.3 The Current and Minnesota Public Radio. I want to thank our guests, Jill Riley, Mark Wheat, Steve Seal, and Mary Lucia for dropping by. Props to Eric Applewick of Tapes and Tapes for chatting with us. And special thanks to executive producer Melanie Walker for helping to make this show happen. Thank you for joining me. We'll wrap up this week's show with a sneak peek of a new track from an artist who's been called a kooky Icelandic pixie. Yep, we're talking about Bjork. Her new album is called Biophilia. It's expected to be released in late September. Here's a little taste of the track Crystalline. <laughs> 